It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 188, entitled The Day Before Thanksgiving. It was recorded on Monday the 6th of December 2021. We're here, of course, to talk about the WordPress news. After all, this show is called This Week in WordPress, and I am joined by two lovely people to do that very thing. Firstly, I am joined by Rob Cairns, and I'm also joined by Tiffany Bridge. As I say, there's loads to talk about. We start off by talking about what is Openverse. I did a podcast this week over on WP Tavern and we talked about just that and we get into what it is. It's a bit like CC Search was, only now the custodians of that are WordPress.org, so you can find out about that. We also get into a couple of WP dramas this week. Firstly, Delicious Brains have sort of asked people to pay a subscription model for a lifetime deal for ACF, which they bought earlier in the year. And also we talk about Ocean WP and their ongoing drama, all to do with emails being sent out, which shouldn't have been sent out. We talk about the Ask the Bartender article, which Justin Tadlock wrote on WP Tavern this week. Should you be using a page builder anymore, or is it time to move over to Gutenberg? We also get into the new tool that Kinster have got, allowing you to be able to send your clients over to a new account without the hassle of having to download the site, send it to them in a zip file. You can just transfer it simply in the Kinster dashboard. $280,000 has been donated by several companies, including Automatic, to keep PHP going. And we also talk about a lovely story all about how a client's email just before the end of the working week can destroy your weekend. And Tiffany and Rob share some of their own stories. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. Hello, 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 wherever you are, whether it's the morning, the afternoon, middle of the day, middle of the night, who knows? Very nice to have you with us. We are on This Week in WordPress <coughs> episode number whoa, 188. It's the kind of the middle of December. It's getting cold in the UK, but we're going to warm your hearts today with some lovely WordPress news. And to do that, I'm joined by two people. It might be three later, but <laughs> we just have to see how that goes. But uh, first of all, uh, a warm welcome to somebody that's never been on this show before. But uh, I'd like to introduce you to Tiffany Bridge from Nexus. Hello, Tiffany. Hi, how are you today? Yeah, really good. Now, because I don't, I haven't really met you before, I don't have a bio prepared. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind spending oh, yeah. just a few moments sure. introducing yourself. Absolutely. So I am the product manager for WordPress e-commerce at Nexus. So basically my job is to think about the entire experience of using WordPress on our platform and particularly uh, using WordPress for your business and figure out how to make it better, faster, stronger, easier. That's what I do. Thank you very much indeed. And you're based in the United States, whereabouts? Washington, D.C. Okay, so it's not ridiculously early, but it is early morning Monday. I appreciate it. It's, it's first thing Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a tall order. So appreciate it that you've come along with us today. And also joining us for, well, you've been with us many times before now, I think, yep. Rob. How are you doing, Rob Cairns? 
doing great nathan thanks for having me again this morning really yeah, appreciate you're, you're, it. yeah you're most welcome we've got some some news that you've got towards the end of the show but um before that just a couple of quick things if you are joining us live and you want to make a comment you can do that in one of two ways probably the easiest way is to go to well let me do this one first go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live if you're logged into google that's fine because you can use your youtube comments over there on the other hand if you want to go to facebook and comment over there you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. That'll take you to our Facebook group. But if you do that and uh, you haven't authorized Restream, which is our platform, then you need to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB, the ever memorable URL, chat.restream.io forward slash FB, and click the button which allows us to see who you are. Feel free to drop some comments in as the show goes on. We'd really appreciate them, depending on where you are. So maybe that's a good way to start. Whilst we natter a little bit at the beginning about open verse, maybe you could drop into the chat who you are, where you are, and so on. That'd be really nice. We've got a couple of comments that have come in so far. Mia Longcar, she's always making comments and always joining hey, us. I appreciate it. So excited to see you, everyone, in this year. That's from Maya. Thank you very much. And then we've got some anonymous user on Facebook saying, hey, folks, and I don't know who you are. Like I say, if you want to uh, say hi with your name, go to that URL that I mentioned just a moment ago. Courtney Robertson, God, you must you must be listening to our pre-chat conversation because Rob has been uh, mentioning your name already. Morning, Courtney. And, yeah, <laughs> hi, Courtney. <laughs> and uh, Chris Hughes says, howdy. Chris is in the UK, so I, I know where he is at least, but uh, the rest of you. Not quite so sure where you are in the world, but nice to meet you. As I said, it's This Week in WordPress. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you want to go there and click that subscribe button on the page, then we'll be able to keep you updated on what it is and when we do it. And we'll kick off today talking about this thing. This is a podcast episode which I had with three lovely people. Um, you can see them in the picture. I had um, Birgit, Pauli Hack. I had Zach. Do you know what? I'm not even going to try and pronounce Zach's surname because every time I tried to do it on the podcast episode, I butchered it. But we had uh, Zach and Marcus uh, on the podcast, and we were talking about what was in WordPress 5.9. Um, spent quite a long time talking about that, in fact, but that's not what I want to mention today because we often talk about 5.9, and I feel we've probably done that. But about half the podcast, the latter half of the podcast, I was talking with Zach about Openverse, which is an automatic project to enable the likes of you and me to get free media um, in our WordPress websites. And I'll just make it obvious where you go to get this. If you, for example, let's say that you have a website and you need pictures of cats, you could go to wordpress.org forward slash openverse and type in cats into this search box. Let's actually see if openverse has got any images of cats. Well, as you'd expect, lots and lots of images of cats. Uh, the point being that they took over CC search, which was kind of falling into how to describe it, a state of disrepair. They weren't confident they could carry the initiative forward. And so wordpress.org have taken it over, taken it over, and it's now freely available. Now, the, the most exciting thing for me is that in, in, the, in the future at some point, the, the, the difficulty that you've got at the moment is if you want to upload things to this project, there isn't a direct upload option. You have to upload it to things like Flickr or other places which CC Search was scraping. But at some point in the future, if you upload things to your WordPress media library, 
then you're going to have the option to tick a box to upload it and make it freely available to anybody on the web. So this is Openverse. You can also go to wordpress.org forward slash Openverse forward slash about. And I just wondered if Tiffany or Rob, if you had any thoughts on this. I just think this is a really fabulous, fabulous initiative, making making what, what could be difficult to find and hard to figure out licensing easier to understand and easier to find. I think it's a great idea, Nathan, but I think on the automatic side, one of the things they got to be very careful to do is to vet the images somehow to get around all the copyright problems because we've seen it before on free sites where an image will get uploaded. It sits on a free site like Pixabay. It's copyrighted, and then we know where the legal stuff goes from there, right? So we, the one thing automatic's got to do is be very careful how they vet the images. That's... But I think it's a great idea besides that. Yeah. What do I you think, think also kind of on that point, anytime you have user generated content, um, like moderation and community standards are going to be really important um, yeah. because I can absolutely imagine people trolling by like tagging things, cats and, um, you know, uploading all kinds of questionable imagery to it. Right. right? Like things that are, that you're not a cat in what in the way that you are probably thinking of it, um, and so I think that's something that is that is really challenging. I think that's something that Automatic in particular really had challenges with as they um, when they bought Tumblr, suddenly community generated yeah. imagery and things like that was like and um, online safety became a problem for them in a way that it really hadn't with WordPress.com because WordPress.com is kind of a different product. So I think. Um, you know, like keeping the keeping the directory like safe and clear of colorful pranks, revenge porn, that sort of thing, I think is going to be a real um, a real challenge for them because this project, its profile has been raised by its association with the WordPress product project, and so that means there's just going to be more attention on it, and more attention always means some some portion. It only takes a few people to be really like antisocial. To, uh, to really make the, make things difficult for the rest of the community. You know, it's a really interesting point and, and one that kind of hadn't occurred to me. That the, the nice thing is that WordPress themselves are not hosting these images. They are, it is just a search feature, which is designed to help them sort of scrape all of the other content outside. But yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. If people in their WordPress media library upload things which are, well, let's say tagged as a cat, but are clearly not a cat, that could be very difficult and end up, you know, really causing anxiety and trouble and th basically things being on the internet that nobody wishes to see. I'm guessing that in the future, somebody like Automatic will have the the capabilities to do some kind of AI, you know, interrogation of those images and try to figure out if they are potentially flaggable. The other, the other nice thing to say about this project, which is somewhat unexpected, is at the moment it's limited to the usual kind of content that you might expect. So, for example, it's limited to things like audio and video and animated GIFs and all of those kind of things. But in the future, the, the initiative will be to take all things WordPress and make those part of CC search as well. So, for example, if you had a block pattern, you could upload that block pattern and anybody else could download that block pattern. Or if you had some sort of, I don't know, custom theme.json file that you were really pleased with and you wanted to share it to the world, that also. And the intention, of course, there is just to make WordPress a much bigger, easier to use ecosystem because you've got this one central repository 
for all things, and and it should be easy to do in the WordPress admin. Anyway, I just thought it was a really curious yeah. project. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. The next one up is I should say we've got I've got three URLs for that. The first one, like I said, is openverse.org forward slash. Uh, sorry, wordpress.org forward slash openverse. Uh, there's an about page. Just add about to that um, as well. And so there you go. You can find those. And the the piece that I did on the WP Tavern was if you just go to search on the podcast um, uh, icon in the menu, then it's episode number 10. It's the latest one, uh, marked December the 2nd. Okay, so you can hear about all of that uh, on there. Okay, the next one, we got some WP drama. It's, it's, mm. <laughs> we don't often do WP drama on this show, but this one seems to have just landed uh, perfectly for us. I'm going to try and navigate a path through this so that we don't end up annoying anybody. That is my intention anyway. But this is a piece uh, that came out of an email that delicious brains dropped into the inboxes of owners of ACF. Now, if we rewind the clock a little bit, earlier in the year, Elliot Condon decided he was going to sell ACF and he found a home in the uh, the Delicious Brains team. And it was it all seemed to be a really nice match made in heaven, obviously a very capable um, bunch of people with a heritage of producing fabulous WordPress plugins. However, there was some cause for concern at the time because if memory serves correctly, I think it was a tweet put out by uh, Delicious Brains at that time, at the time, just soon after they'd bought it, which kind of had the implication of it was that they were investigating models whereby lifetime deal owners could possibly be charged in the future. And they were wondering what that might look like. There seemed to be some pushback at that point. And um, so again, we're, we're going back several months ago. Uh, the guys at Delicious Brain seem to walk that whole thing back and say, yep, it's fine. We will, in fact, honor lifetime deals. So that whole discussion went dormant for a while and until this week. And then an email dropped, like I said, in the inboxes of those lifetime deal owners. And the implication of the email seems to be along the lines of, look, we're still actually interested in getting you guys on a on a on a contract, on a subscription plan. The the email um, really sort of seemed to create the usual Twitter storm. There's a few people, for example, notably um, Paul Charlton from WP Tots, uh, felt that this was a little bit disingenuous. He felt, I think the words that he described, it left a bad taste in his mouth or something like this. He thought that essentially if you bought a lifetime deal, that's what they should be honoring because they knew what they were getting into when they bought it off Elliot. And various other people sort of seemed to agree. And, of course, there were then the other people on the other side who were sort of having the opposite dis um, thought process saying, look, this is going to be an expensive thing to keep going. We need to be able to, to pay the guys at Delicious Brains. And the only real model for that is a subscription model. They can't keep the support going if nobody's paying for it. Anyway, so that's where we're at <laughs> this time this week. Uh, and I was just interested to know what your thoughts are. Now, if, if either of you want to just jump in and like get all political, that's fine by me, but I'm staying out of it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're funny, Nathan. So, so my take on this one is very simple. If you buy an LTD, you should, a company that offered an LTD, you should honor it. And I'll give you an example of a company that's done that is automatic mail poet. They bought MailPoet last year, right after Black Friday, when MailPoet ran a massive LTD, and they've honored that 100%. 
That said, the LTD model is not sustainable down the long run. So these companies got to be really careful because you honestly need recurring revenue to improve development of the product and improve the support of the product. So it's across, you're kind of splitting hairs here and I'm not going to get political either, except <laughs> for the fact that I think we just got to be really careful in the space when we all say, oh, LTDs are wonderful. And my question is, do you want the company to be there in three years? And I'll leave it at that and let you decide. No, I, I agree, but I think there's another dimension to this. And, and I'm saying this, I want to be clear that I'm saying this as a, like, I'm an employee of Nexus. My paycheck says liquid web, right? So people are very concerned about consolidation in the WordPress space and yes. little indie <laughs> plugins getting kind of bundled in with bigger companies and how do smaller plugin authors <coughs> compete? And I feel like part of the way that smaller plugins compete is by fixing their business model. Like you said, it is ludicrous to me, like just absolutely astonishing to me that ACF went 10 years having an unlimited lifetime license. Like how, how is that possible? Well, you know what, Elliot sold the program. So maybe, maybe it wasn't all that sustainable. And I think that if we are concerned about having a flourishing and diverse WordPress ecosystem, we need to give a little grace when especially these smaller companies are trying to fix their business model. I mean, Delicious Brains should have offered something when they were asking for the money. That's like rule number one, right? If you want somebody to do something for you, offer to give them something in return, right? But aside from that, I think we need to think about, like people are concerned about the overall health of the of the WordPress ecosystem. Like Delicious Brains is not a large company. It's got like, what, 24 employees, right? Yeah. They can't, they if they are thinking that they can't absorb this forever, like let's, you don't have to pay the money that you don't owe them, but you could at least like, give them a little space to figure it out. You know, that's what I think about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I think my guess is that the reason Elliot was able to do it for 10 years is because it was an absolute runaway success. And so year on year, he was still generating a, live, a living wage from it because, you know, each year the, the, the people paying the lifetime deal model was enough to to, to, to allow whatever standard of living he had decided him and his family needed. But then he produced, it was probably a couple of years ago, so long, along, probably before the, he even got into discussions with Delicious Brains, he produced this chart on his website where he showed the amount of subscribers. And this line went up fairly, it, it wasn't very steep, shall we say. Now, actually, if you'd have put the X and Y axis on a different projection, it probably would have been pretty steep. But it was put next to support requests. And the support request was just this logarithmic curve that was almost extending towards infinity. So you had subscribers just going up a little bit, support requests just going up to the point where it was obvious there was a mismatch. And, you know, five years ago, those two lines were much close together. And as each year went by, they just got further and further apart. So I'm, I'm my assumption is that maybe the support was just taking away from the ability for him to actually code it. So he went lifetime. But he managed to get the the Delicious Brains guys to agree to it. And I'm just wondering now if there's an, an element of regret. Of course, the, the argument would be, okay, you've paid for your lifetime deal. That is the deal that you got. And I, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know if that contract moves over to the person who bought that company. But the, the other argument would be, well, they could just stop developing it. 
they could just say, actually, do you know what? The, the support for this is ridiculous. We're hemorrhaging money. Sad to say, even though we've invested loads of money in buying it, we can't carry on doing it unless people reach into their pockets. And so my, my feeling is that we're somewhere there. They've yeah. got a load of support that they can't sustain. So they're looking, maybe scrambling is the right word. They're desperate to find a model that works. So they're reaching out to people, maybe some of whom will think, do you know what? I get it. I am now going to subscribe. But certainly the reaction this week it initially went to the, the, you know, there was a lot of volume saying, this is ridiculous. We've already paid. But yep. there were the other people as well who were saying, you know, we need to be able to support this. So let's reach in. So I'm curious to see where this one will go. Sorry, I felt like I was on a massive diatribe there. I'm sorry. I spoke for ages. <laughs> it's okay, Nathan. Time will tell. I mean, where we saw this in the community about five or six years ago was with headway themes. And anybody remembers that tobacco yeah, yeah. they had. And I was a headway user big time. And, and they had a lot of LTDs that were lifetime licenses that were cheap and they couldn't sustain their revenue and their support costs. And that's what caused them to go under actually was a direct result to, to LTDs versus support. So got to be careful. A couple of comments about that. Um, Chris Hughes is saying that he thinks lifetime deals do work as a business model. For example, he says Pippin and others have made it work for a long time. Um, DB, oh, Delicious Brains, uh, knew what they were buying into. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I would assume that Delicious Brains knew the exact numbers of lifetime deal yep. uh, subscribers at the point of taking it over. You would imagine that would be part of the due diligence they would have done. Yep, uh, good point. Thanks, Chris. And uh, Peter Ingersoll, hello, Peter, says he would think that Delicious Brains knew what they were getting into. They probably should have been more careful with their promise of everything will be business as usual. Hmm, yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, Pippin from one dollar. Sorry, Tiffany, you carry on. Sorry. I was just say, didn't didn't Pippin just sell his business too? Yeah, he sold it. Who did he sell it to? I mean, Come on, the collective hive mind. I forget. <laughs> awesome motive. So, so what I'm saying is, before we say, oh yeah, of course it's sustainable. No, the people who are doing that are now selling their businesses. Hmm. So, I don't so know that I would assume that it is actually sustainable forever. So yeah. it becomes an exit strategy more than a sustainable strategy. Thank you, Courtney. She says awesome motive. Yeah, it was. It was Syed, wasn't it? Awesome motive. Yeah, so it's interesting. So the the example, Peter, of um, – sorry, uh, Christopher, Chris Hughes, the example of um, Pippin, who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe he got out at the right time as well, and we'll have to see what – Syed can manage to pull out there. I would imagine the the guys over at Awesome Motive, though, I think they've probably got slightly deeper pockets, and it feels to me like that's a bigger play. Like they've got this m much bigger ecosystem to play with. Where I don't know, it just feels like that's now one part of a much bigger wheel. Um, and Maya saying lifetime deals in other industries don't bring long long term prosperity. Those should be limited to a couple of years. Long term creates adjust a number of problems later. Do you know that's interesting? I was reading, and I don't know if it was about a WordPress thing, but I was reading some alternative where instead of offering lifetime now, you just offer a really nice long license instead. So instead of saying literally lifetime, in other words, the lifetime of the product, you, you just give a real generous five-year deal 
or 10 years or whatever. And and then at least there's a moment in time where that deal is going to run out and everybody that's bought that can come along for the ride and hope the product succeeds. So there's maybe some other models to be suggested there as well. Okay, right. So that was the first WP drama of this week. And we got this story, which just keeps on giving. I've had to convert this into a, an Evernote document because it came in an email and I've stripped out all the uh, all of the sort of the personal links that you might be able to click if you read it in the show notes. But just to paraphrase, oh dear. Uh, last week, we had some news about Ocean WP. The current maintainers of Ocean WP were a bit annoyed because the former owner of Ocean WP had started to advertise that, that that they'd fallen out and essentially stopped using Ocean WP because they don't really want to maintain it. Uh, I was the original founder and author. I stepped away and, and I'm basically launching a new product. Please don't use Ocean WP. I want you to use my rival. And I've now even forgotten what it was called. That's how long a week is. And uh, and now, now we have the uh, in in the ebb and flow of this news story, the guys have come back um, accusing, I believe his name is Nicholas, the founder of Ocean WP, of essentially logging in somehow, hijacking their email delivery service, and uh, logging in and and actually write, <laughs> writing a promotional email to the Ocean WP subscribers. Now, presumably when he sold it to them, he sold them the rights to have this, but whether, I don't know why they didn't lock him out and sort of, you know, dis, dis, uh, disable his account so that he couldn't do it anymore. Anyway, so this is the drama that c- keeps on giving. We'll probably be back next week. There'll be some, you know, the seesaw will have tipped in the other direction. But I just, I, again, I'm tr- trying to sort of stay out of it a bit, but it does seem like a, a curious story. I think what is happening here, though, is is what do they call it in like it's mutually something destruction you know they're basically ensuring that they're both going to go out of business the longer they carry us on the more ridiculous it seems there's no hope of anybody unraveling what the truth is anymore and all that i get out of it is complete distrust from both to both sides i don't know if that's me being a little bit unjust but that's the way i'm feeling you know they're both accusing of each other of things i can't unpick it so i'm just gonna think well i don't know who to trust so probably i'll just stay away from anything anybody does but um again i'll i'll hand it over to you guys to to mull it over (laughs) i I don't know why the first thing you do isn't like change all your passwords yeah you know what i mean like every job that i have ever left i have stood there and watched my manager change all the passwords that I was always leaving, right? Because if something like this happens, like, like, I want you to know it was not me. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Just, just lock me out, please. Before I leave the building, take away my physical keys, take away my digital keys, make it so that I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's harsh, right? It's a real moment in time, especially if you are um, fired for want of a better word, but still it locks you out. You can't come back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to have been the case, and it seems to have been their undoing. Sorry, Rob, you were about to say. It's a, it's okay. I, I If it were me, I don't know if i trust either one of them because, you know, as Tiffany said, they didn't bother changing the passwords, and you got to wonder how much of this was colluded between the two of them just to create this stupid mess. And, uh, and, and frankly, I'll add to it, we have enough drama going on in the WordPress community that we don't need more, so... This would be a red flag. Stay away from both of them and just move on. The curious thing about this is just going a few years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I had a really high opinion 
of Ocean WP. And I confess, yeah. I have never actually installed it and used it, but from everything that was coming in the WP Builds Facebook group and all of the commentary, a lot of people were saying, yeah, it's really stable, it's really lean, it works really well. And the fact that the, the original founder just sort of sold it very quietly and didn't seem to tell anybody that he'd done that and then left a bunch of developers to sort of carry the torch and then came back a bit later complaining about it all it all just seems a little bit a little bit silly i'll tell you what if any of the guys involved um want to get in touch and want to sort of put set the record straight you're welcome but um we'll we'll have to moderate it i think and make sure that we're we're not being horrible to each other yeah so all i'll say is from my perspective nobody's getting any benefit out of this story it's only making everybody seem like uh, like you know that there's something to be avoided Okay, right, let's move on. Anyway, I'll put the Evernote link in the show notes if you want to read the email and uh, try to figure it out for yourself if you can be bothered. Okay, right, next one then. Let's go to WP Tavern once more. This is Justin Tadlock's piece. He's called it Ask the Bartender. It's his little regular series where he takes a question or a, you know, not just a one-liner, but a, a more in-depth question, and he tries to answer it from his developer and theme builder perspective. And this week, the question, paraphrased, goes like this. Should I use a page builder or wait for block themes? And we develop that question by sort of saying, I'm a page builder user. I like page builders, but I can see the promise of the Gutenberg project and full site editing. But essentially, I'm frustrated by how slow the development is taking, how long it is taking to get to the point where um, it's going to be useful or certainly an equal of a page builder. And the two which were mentioned in the piece were uh, Elementor Pro and Oxygen. Of course, there are others. And then Justin comes back and sort of says, yeah, it is frustrating how slow it is. And obviously, I'm running a summit all about page builders. I'm really bullish about them. I really like them equally. I'm really into the Gutenberg editor. And I don't know if either of you two have got any thoughts on this. Actually, I know Rob's thoughts more than I know Tiffany's. So maybe we'll start with Tiffany. I don't know if you're a page builder user or if you're like fully into Gutenberg and what your thoughts are on where, where we stand right at the moment, which so, would you be using? With the caveat that, so before I, um, we, we talked about this before the four, I was in my current role. I worked on the special projects team in Automatic, which is the team that Matt Mullenweg dispatches when there's a WordPress site or a site that he thinks should be on WordPress to help out. And part of our core mission was to advance and evangelize Gutenberg. So apply whatever grains of salt you need to my opinion. I don't care for page builders at all. Um, we did, we spent a lot of time kind of rescuing content from page builders hmm. because the content goes into the database with all of the, like the page builder stuff in it. And we had to do a lot of extracting it when we wanted to change a site's design. And I think one of the great things about WordPress out of the box is that the content is really kind of independent of the theme. And which I think is something that the page builder experience breaks. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of them to begin with. I understand why they exist. I understand the value of them. I understand the value of them to, um, you know, freelancers and small businesses that maybe don't have, that really can't spend a ton of time like developing custom themes like my team did. Um, but I love the direction that this is all going. I think that like Gutenberg and full site and full site editing are the future of WordPress. Um, that said, if I were, getting into freelancing today, 
I don't know that I'd be using, I certainly wouldn't be using full site editing on client projects just yet. I'd wait at least a year before I consider those things kind of ready for production on client site. My personal blog uses a full site editing theme, uses a block theme, but like it's extremely neglected and I don't kind of don't care if it breaks. Um, and that's kind of still where I think FSE is. And I think that's where it's going to be for about a year before we're really, before it's really ready for prime time. Thank you. Um, I'll just sort of reiterate some of those points, actually, because the, art the article, Justin, goes on to mention that there are obviously an, a, an increasing, though small, number of uh, block-based themes. I think there's something, last time I checked, I think it was 28, and then it went up to 60-something, I think, block-based themes in the repository. It's pretty small, but he, he, does, he does draw out a few that he thinks he would like to draw attention to. He's talking about the Eskel theme by Anders Noren and also uh, Tove as well. I think that's how you pronounce that. But then he, he has special mention for the, the new default six, uh, sorry, 5.9 theme, which is going to be called 2022. And he mm -hmm. seems to be very, very happy with the way that works. And it's got like 60 custom block patterns and you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff bundled into that. And so I think for Justin, at least, we're at, we're at a tipping point. You know, if you are the user that is wanting to do things with a point, click, drag interface, page builders, they totally do the job. Um, and maybe they would be the quickest way right this second. But by illustrating things like 2022 and these block themes that are coming around, maybe the seesaw is sort of starting to even out a little bit more. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Rob. So... My take on it is if you're comfortable with page builders, use a page builder. If you're comfortable with Gutenberg, use Gutenberg. I'm not a big fan of saying change the tool because it's shiny. Now, that all said, I'm kind of all in with Gutenberg these days. And I think where you need to realize is Gutenberg out of the box that automatic wants you to run is not ready for prime time. The only way to run Gutenberg is go to a Gutenberg-based theme and go to a Gutenberg-based block add-on. So in my choice, that's cadence all the way, cadence theme and cadence box, and then toss in something like um, Editor Plus by Extendify. So the problem with doing this is what Uvanes has done is created a customized page builder, whether people want to call it that or not, and folks at Automatic don't shoot me because Gutenberg is a page builder. I'm sorry. So there you go. So is it any different than going out and getting Elementor or Beaver Builder and buying add-ons? It's the same thing, just in another ecosystem. And everybody says, well, if you pull out the advantage of Gutenberg is you could switch the theme as long as you don't use an add-on. The minute you pull out Cadence add-on or you pull out editor plus anything you put in that's dependent on that's not going to work so what i'm going to tell people having played with it for four months is it's the same issue so if you ch i've gone that way as a learning experience but if you choose to go that way some of the online issues of page builder are still there so be real careful mm, yeah um, I would say that uh, Justin, right at the end, mentioned um, a fabulous plugin, which I confess I'd never heard of before, uh, and it might be worth checking out. It's called Layout Grid Block by Automatic, and I'll just quote Justin here. He says, if you do need some heavy work, 
heavy work with layouts. There are several block-based grid plugins. Uh, when I have needed such a tool, I have almost exclusively relied on the layout grid block by Automatic. It performs this one job and does it well. I'd never heard of it, to be honest, but when I, I'll put it up on the page. You can find it at wordpress.org forward slash plugins forward slash layout dash grid. Um, it looks pretty good, actually. It was last updated a couple of weeks ago. It's got 100,000 active installs, uh, you know, not too many ratings, but nevertheless, it, it has that capability of customizing the layouts, and you can you can go and explore that at your own leisure. But, but Nathan, not to be critical of the plugin, but why isn't the layouts built into the core group? Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, and I'm coming yep. back to yep. what yep. I was saying. Yep. Here, yep. here we go building add-ons on, and we're and I think it's great, but we got to be really careful. We're building a page builder closed experience just with a automatic product instead of a Beaver Builder, an Elementor, or an Oxygen product. Yeah, I know what you mean. I remember that was one of Paul Lacey's uh, biggest gripes about uh, Gutenberg is that it, it didn't write from day one. I mean, literally day one. It didn't have some sort of concept of what yeah. what the layout would look like in the background, and I guess this is sort of triaging that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I do know what Did, you mean. I suppose it doesn't limit you to sort of horizontal rows, which is kind of what page builders do. You know, everything's yeah. got to be in a certain way. I mean, they're overcoming that with flexbox yeah. and things. But um, anyway, yeah, an interesting discussion. You can the go check of, that out. The ghost of Paul Lacey. That's right. He never fails. He keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. The the article was called "Ask the Bartender: Should I Use a Page Builder or Wait yeah. for Block Themes?" It's over on WP Tavern. Okay. Next one. Um, I'm raising this. I should say it's just occurred to me that we were supposed to have um, Remkus de Vries on the uh, on the podcast today, and he was supposed to be in his car, which I thought was going to be a really fabulous and witty thing to have happening. But I don't know what's gone wrong. He's uh, he's not here. But um, so I, I will take this one first to Tiffany with her Nexus hat on. Um, Kinster this week, very very seems to be a very well respected managed WordPress hosting company. Um, they've got this nice new tool, which I thought was brand new. I honestly did. I thought I'd never seen this before, so that's why it's ended up in. But I think Tiffany's got some news for me there. But um, they've got this tool whereby if you are on Kinster and you wish to transfer a site to somebody else, either within the platform or somebody doesn't who doesn't have a Kinster account, you can now simply go into your dashboard, uh, essentially click a few buttons, and you renege ownership of it. You hand it over to somebody else, and from that moment on, it becomes theirs. I can see this being really useful if you're wedded to Kinsta. Really great to you know you offload it to somebody. They're taking over your. You don't any any longer want anything to do with it. It's a nice easy way of doing it, rather than having to download it and uploading it to a new hosting environment. If they're on Kinsta, that's easy, obviously. But if they're not on Kinsta, then they just end up going through a different funnel and it introduces them and steps them through the process of setting up a Kinsta account. I thought this was totally brand new, but I'm, I think I'm wrong, aren't I, uh, Tiffany? <laughs> it's um, Well, WP Engine has transferable sites, so sites that can transfer between one account and another. Um, and I think the difference here is that this seems to have um, like an affiliate payout baked in, which is cool if you are um, somebody who makes your living building WordPress sites and then handing them off. Um, it's cool that you can then get you know, affiliate dollars from signing your clients up to Kinsta, which is great. Um, and I'm not sure, and I, I just don't happen to know off the top of my head what 
kind of um, like what does the WP engine version of the tool have in terms of like supporting people getting signed up? Like presumably there's a flow for that, but I don't know how much WP engine leaves it to the agency to like sign their clients up. Whereas Kinsta really seems to have like thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I'd be curious to see what the workflow was. If you, if you had never had a Kinster account and they detected that you were a brand new customer, wh what does that workflow look like? Are they going to make the assumption that you know almost nothing about hosting and we're going to walk you through right. the 101 of hosting? You know, here's, here's what your WordPress website, where it is, here's your URL, here's where the database lives and all of that and teach you what what's happening as opposed to somebody who's already got an account clearly has been through that before it's quite interesting um yeah okay right what about you rob i thanks for the comments by the way I, i'll come They're back great. to the comments after we finish this one yeah i think it's a really good idea especially if you have an exit strategy if the uh, client says to the developer i don't want to work with you anymore this is a nice easy way to transfer the site which is the client's property back into their name so from that standpoint i think I can see some big use for this. I mean, we've all had it happen where the uh, client says, I don't want, give me a backup. You give them a backup. They have oodles of hassle um, yeah. <laughs> restoring that backup, uh, depending on whatever mode you use. And they don't follow instructions and their new developer doesn't care. And this is an easy way for the uh, the service provider to provide an exit strategy and say, here you go. Here's your site. And if you don't do it, that's on you and move on. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I remember when Google, the Google domain registrar, when they provided an option for me to just, I don't know, I think it was all through Gmail. You could sort of pass your domain registration over to somebody. And I thought that was quite novel at the time and really interesting. So the same idea over here. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. For me, it would have just been an easy way of, saying to clients who who no longer need what you're providing, you know, they might have stepped out of your care plan or never wanted to be in it in the first place. You yeah. can just send them the email and say, right, it's yours. Great. Have a nice day. We'll, um, we'll see you soon. And, um, okay, so we've got some comments about this coming through. Firstly, let's step back a bit and go to the previous article where we were talking about page builders. Peter wants to add something. It would be interesting to review the evolution of WordPress and see how many times improvements first came through plugins and eventually found their way into core. Hmm. That's true. Good comment, Peter. Something tells me that would be, I, I imagine that would be quite a significant amount of things which ended up in core because somebody created a plugin which did one thing and did it really well. I don't really have any insight off the top of my head, but yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, we often, uh, Chris likes to uh, likes to trumpet the Kinster news. Kinster news. Um, and he says that this is something that Flywheel did. You made a site on Flywheel, then put it put, put in the customer email address and let them sign up, and you've got an affiliate program. Ooh, okay. So there is Flywheel doing that, or was Flywheel doing that as well. Courtney says uh, she would love something like this in the plugins theme SaaS space. Ooh. I'm going to read the rest. An easy way for dev builders to get the basics set up for a client and hand over the accounts for support and renew. I am curious to know more about what you think there. So are you saying basically like a, a templated site that you can then just hand over and say, get on with it? So it's like DIY build where you just give them the bare bones and they're off to the races. That really is interesting. In effect, is that not what this does? 
if you just set it up with the pl- and you just chuck the plugins that you want in and then hand it over, would that do the same thing? Or are you you imagining something slightly different? Back to Chris with Kinsta, you had to create a site into your account, get a customer to sign up with an affiliate link, then transfer the site from your Kinsta account to their account. Okay, thanks. And this, he says, cuts all of that out. And finally, Chris, you are being prodigious with your comments. Thank you so much. The beauty of this, aside from the affiliate payment, is that it's less confusing for the customer too. They just get an email with a link to create an account, pay, and then their site is already in their account for them and they don't need to worry about. And I'm guessing you're typing something else as we uh, as we speak. But uh, we'll, we'll pause there. But Courtney, if you want to develop that, I'd be quite interested to see where that goes. Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, okay. I think to Courtney's point, like licensing for plugins and themes. Oh, really I course. Because... Yes. If you don't want to be on the hook for the renewal for whatever it is for the duration of the of your client's site, you have to get them to go to the website and buy the license and send that information over to you. Like that's um that's a that's a, a problem. And Courtney's immediately chimed in with the exact same thing you've just been saying, Tiffany. She says she worked for the events calendar for four years and we often had customers seeking support mm. and they didn't create the site. And presumably, Courtney, presumably weren't entitled perhaps to the support, which was actually based upon a license owned by uh, somebody else. So, yeah, okay. And then she carries on handling over, handing over the licenses for customers would be really helpful. It there is. To my knowledge, there is no clever way of doing that. It was always a case of the the only way that I've ever gotten used to that was the plugins which provide you the ability to disable the license on the sites which you initially built. You know, you hand it over and then you just tell them, look, you know, you've got two weeks to just make sure everything's working and then you're going to have to go out and buy these licenses. I'll give you a week in which time I will support it. If there's any support requests, I'll deal with them. But after that week, that two weeks, whatever, I'm going to nullify your license. You won't get any more. You won't get any more updates. But I've never found a a perfect way of doing that. There's a third party SaaS platform in there somewhere. Yeah, Nathan. Long, long time ago, I made a decision in my agency that I was not going to provide clients with licenses at all. Yep. I just don't do it. And I don't care if it's a page builder, if it's a plugin, the client buys the license and I will help them guide them through the process to buy it. And even with my care plan clients for security, I buy beyond the security software that does the backup and locking down the site. I don't buy any licenses. The contract said that's on the client's responsibility, not mine. And then they 100% own their site yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. free to go wherever they want. It, yeah. It's a messy business, isn't it? And yeah. there really is no perfect way of doing it. Curious though, Rob, when, when you're in that process and you're in the discussion with your clients, how do you do you literally say, go out into the marketplace, find something that you think you like, or are you making recommendations? I suggest that you use this for that problem and this Mm -hmm. for that problem because I've used it before. So you're sort of recommending what you hope they will then buy and copy and paste in the license key for you. Yeah, I make a recommendation. I'll even give them the link. Um, I... I will help and guide them through the process all the way. And the problem is, though, is it's the ownership thing. And one of the decisions I made as an agency owner is I want my clients to own their stuff and I want them to own their site and I want them to own the ability to post and make page changes to their site 
So I actually empower my clients. So one of the way I empower them is to make them buy this stuff. Now, they'll look at it and say, but now my cost goes up a bit. And I say, but you're protecting yourself because if you want to go somewhere else, you can. Like, So that's been my attitude for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, it seems sensible. I am really deeply into Tiffany's idea of this yeah. being solvable. And uh, and if somebody can do that and just some like it's almost like escrow for license keys, some place where you can dump a license key and it transfers ownership over to somebody else. Yeah, that would be nice. Actually. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if anybody can run with that idea. But it won't be me. Right. OK. Let's move on. So that was the Kinster piece. Now, oh, this is some good news, some really nice news. This is WP Tavern once again, this time though, Sarah Gooding. She's written a piece entitled PHP Foundation Gains Momentum with $280,000 estimated annual budget on Open Collective. Now, I'm sure all of you realize that um, WordPress and lots and lots and lots and lots of software, as much as 40%, uh, I think, of the top might even be more like 60% of the top 10,000 websites or something uh, are running on PHP. It's in this article. Large amount of the internet using PHP, but the, the problem is it relies on a very small number of people who are largely giving their time for free. And, of course, we have the, the, the terrible problem that if any of those people step away or are unable to contribute anymore, then what what seemed like a, a healthy basis for all of our websites suddenly becomes a bit more shaky. Things don't get updated, and perhaps things become vulnerable, and we don't get the you know the new features that a lot of these other platforms are doing. So it looks like some people have reached into their pocket to to, to help mitigate this problem, and we hear about automatic Laravel, Acquia, Zend, Craft CMS, um, Private Packagist, Tideways. PrestaShop Symphony and JetBrains, and I think JetBrains is the largest of the contributors, they together have um, put together this annual budget of uh, roughly $280,000, so just over a quarter of a million dollars, uh, with the intention of moving the project forward. I think this whole story came about because there was a long-time prolific, as Sarah writes, she says, the loss of a long-time prolific contributor, Nikita Popoff, who is moving away to work on LLVM, which significant with significantly less time on PHP? He was one of the major contributing factors to the formation of the foundation. I do remember this story from a few years ago, where essentially a, ha- a really tiny number of people, if they were to uh, just step away from the project, PHP basically would have ground to a halt. Development would have ceased. And I don't know how many people a quarter of a million dollars or $280,000 equates to, how many man hours that actually means. But um, anyway, this seems all like good news. People dipping in and helping the project out. What do you guys think? I think it's good news. Any money to help the project out and keep it going is good. Um, the cynics are going to argue, I'm sure, the big money and investment will change control. Like we've already seen that with a number of projects, but I, in this case, I think it's really good. Hmm. Yeah, and I think there's enough. the The interest in keeping PHP going is like distributed enough that I don't think it's going to become, you know, no. like too centralized in one company, which is great. But I think like I'd love to see like a contributed, like a sponsored contributor program for PHP, like we have for WordPress. So. Like there should, yeah. I mean, PHP is too important. People should be getting paid to work on it full time. 
The yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. I mean, it's a lovely piece of money, isn't it? Two hundred eighty thousand dollars. But when you actually equate that to development hours, it it suddenly seems like hmm, that's not too many annual workers. No, exactly. And um, the yeah, so we'll have to see. And again, though, Tiffany, I think you you highlighted my concerns. The fact that I was able to list off, I'm going to say ten or eleven companies there gave me a little bit of um, a little bit of assurance because if it had been two or three companies you immediately my brain is thinking why, why are they dipping in and nobody else's you know what is it they're going to get out of it and are they going to are they going to make the project go off in one particular direction which suits the project that they've got but there's a whole load of stuff there automatic of course WordPress um, Aquir is Drupal um, craft CMS so another CMS platform so there's three CMS platforms in there plus Presta Shop, I guess you could you could argue that's a uh, a CMS. Um, so yeah, it should be it should be good. But my my hope is that this amount of money is going to be enough. I'll just put the screen back up because I think it's a nice quote here. It says, uh, by continuing to fund, and I'm quoting, sorry, by continuing to fund full-time and part-time developers on the PHP project, uh, Zend has helped to ensure the ongoing prosperity and modernization of the PHP language and continued its uh, continued use for mission-critical application development. Uh, we were progressing rather leisurely, thinking that the problem was not critical. However, Nikita's decision forced us to intensify our work on the foundation. So there we go. Yeah. Good luck, PHP. Let's hope it carries on. But I think you're right, Tiffany. It would be nice to see um, somebody being seconded directly out of the WordPress project just to work on PHP. Hmm. Okay. Right. Next one. <laughs> I love oh, this yeah. piece. I have no idea where this came from this week. The uh, This came into my Twitter feed or something like that. So we're going to share... Uh, agony stories this is <laughs> this is i've never even heard of this website before but it, it's a beautiful piece it's on the b2 advocate.com i don't know how to say that the b2 advocate i think is how you'd say that uh there's a piece that they've got there called client patiently <laughs> client patiently waits until 4 55 p.m friday afternoon to request another revision to the project this is not news this is just something quite funny in the piece, they basically say that they've got a large, and it feels like kind of an enterprise client. They're obviously building websites. And at exactly 4.55, sounds like knockoff time is 5 o'clock. So everybody's getting ready. I imagine lots of bags were packed. You know, you are literally at the point where the computer is about to be shot down. You're just hovering over the shutdown icon. And in comes this gigantic laundry <laughs> list of things which you need to achieve on your maybe major client website. It's very vague. It's very uh, difficult to achieve because they don't give you any indication really of what they want. There's no assets to go with everything. They want things to be altered that you've already done. And so it goes like this. A client has thoughtfully waited until the last possible moment to request a massive revision despite having all week to answer an email. There's the key point, all week to answer an email. Um, titled Urgent, the email has <laughs> the email was roughly three pages long and highlighted an excruciating amount of changes to the point where it was borderline fickle, as well as vague direction yeah. and no reference materials for graphics, which gave the designer nothing to work with. Those, though these requests to make the pink font one shade lighter and to change the word great to fantastic were relatively easy to fix, the client also added that they'd forgot to mention a competition that they were running 
tomorrow. We have a competition running this weekend and would like some graphics, a social media campaign. And ideally, we want at least 100 people entering. Is there any way we can get a customer email address too? A banner for the website... (laughs) For the website would be good too. Like maybe they can click on it. Yep. Okay. It's a banner. And I know that those keyword things aren't meant for SEO, but I don't think it fits with the brand at all. So please, can you remove all of those? Um, as for the black dress campaign graphics, I don't like them. It needs more. Wait for it. Wow. More to come. <laughs> just, just this was just lovely, and it just prompted my it just prompted my memories of those moments where you are desperate to get away from the computer and the the email drops and so i was hoping tiffany and rob you're maybe you've got a story tucked away no names maybe <laughs> I, I have way I like a trauma many. reaction right now <laughs> isn't, that beautiful? isn't that just beautiful you know because the temptation here is that well we didn't get the email we knocked off we shot all of our computers down um, and we didn't see it. Honestly, I promise you, we didn't see it. It didn't come in until one minute past five. By that time, we'd yeah. already left. There's the temptation, right? But imagine they are your major big client. You can't, can you let this go? I don't know. Anyway, Tiffany, you you go first. Oh, gosh. So this, almost this exact thing happened to me um, last year, the, the day before Thanksgiving in the US at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time, um, the owner of a fairly large website that you've probably heard of emailed us asking for urgent major changes to his theme because they were going to run some sort of promotion for black Friday with an advertiser. And, uh, and the thing about the special projects team at automatic is that we don't, we didn't get to have like boundaries. We didn't get to say no to people. And like, like we weren't allowed to talk about being out of the office for holidays, uh, because it's a globally distributed team. Right. So, um, I was watching the inbox that day, so I had this request, and I had to make it happen. And I did, um, with the help of my Canadian and Indian colleagues, who were not taking the next day off of work. Um, But yeah, I mean, that absolutely did happen. And you cannot pretend that you didn't see it on that team, because you never know who has Matt's cell phone number and is going to text him. (laughs) (laughs) That is a glorious story, though. (laughs) <laughs> like you knock off so, for two days and you come back, you find out that your team lead has been in DMs with Matt all weekend about where you were. So because Thanksgiving is like it's like it's like Christmas, right? It everybody shuts mm-hmm. down and off you go. Yeah. But but you so I'm curious about this actually because I've never worked in an environment where there's that level of um what's the word? You know, you've got an, an SLA, for example, and it is literally 24-7, nothing is out of scope. You can ask for anything at any point. So literally, if any email came in from anybody at any time of day, it has to be actioned at that moment and dealt with. That is amazing. I mean, it was there were there were always practical constraints. There was always, well, let me see what's feasible on this timeline. There, there was there were ways to sort of set expectations and manage expectations, of course. But, um, you know, kind of the culture of the team was that, like, we're the team that says yes. So we did a lot of saying yes. And that meant a lot of, um, you know, just kind of working in that globally distributed model. Like I once launched a website in 37 hours because we were handing the project off from one time zone to the next. Um, wow. and to, to work Literally around the clock to get it done. So like, wow. you know, India would come online and we'd hand it over and then India would go offline and they'd hand it back to the United States. 
wow, that's that's pretty impressive. But just the idea, though, of this laundry list of things coming in. So, okay, I want to delve deeper into this story. Did you, dare I ask, did you actually give up your sort of Thanksgiving or did you manage to get some of no. the holiday? Oh, good. I still had some holiday um, because, like I said, I had, I had colleagues in countries where yeah. Thanksgiving isn't a holiday. Um, and they were working on it, but I did check in and I mean, we got them what they needed. And to the client's credit, they were extremely grateful and they completely understood what they were asking for and how little time they had given us. They were very gracious. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we did it. We made it happen. I guess for most agencies that are based in a particular geographical location, so in, in my case, the UK, you would need to have some boundaries around email communication and, you know, Absolutely. It, it really, this is only going to ever happen to you once, 4.55 on a Friday. That's, you're only, you're only going to make <laughs> that mistake once. Policies. That's right. Your policy is from that moment, I'm going to say midday Friday or whatever it might be is going to be the cutoff point or that you fall into a roster or something like that. But that is utterly fun. That's amazing. There is a team there that essentially will act upon anything um, at the moment it comes in and say yes. Yeah, I can I can only imagine that must have been quite stressful. It could be. It really could be. I mean, mm. I'm not there anymore. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, what about you, Rob? Um, the worst one, and I've been through this multiple of times. I spent 25 years in tech support with the large Toronto hospital, and I was a team lead. So this stuff used to happen all the time. But I'll share with you one that happened this year. And actually, it wasn't even a client. It was a former client. And it was around Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Um, he decided a couple months before to move his website to another developer for a care plan. Well, the other developer managed to screw up the website and screw up his only backup. And he was not a client. And he reached out to me at 5.30 on the Friday of Canadian Thanksgiving weekend in October. And I, and I very politely said to him, and by the way, his e-commerce site was making thirty to forty thousand dollars a day. Okay. And, and I very politely said to him, "I'd like to help you, but you're no longer a client, so you need to provide me with a bank draft for X dollars." And by the way, that X figure was a five-figure amount. And without a bank draft, I'm not helping you. And he said, "Well, I'll send you a credit card." And I said, "And." How do I know you're not going to just dispute the charge when we're done? So I insisted on a bank draft, knowing he had no way of getting that bank draft till Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. <laughs> so is that essentially you saying no? <laughs> yeah, basically the bank said no. I didn't say no. He's, it was like career me. And, and I had that bank draft in my hand by 1030 on Tuesday morning, I should tell you. But Do you know, there's a there's another there's another whole run, tranche of stories about ex clients, yeah. you know, how many times has an ex, have you been jettisoned for want of a better word by a client and they've moved on to somebody else and now say, that's fine. You know, it's okay. You know, but that really does seem very cheap the service that they're offering and then you just wait and, and now you... <laughs> now what i'll tell you is he is this particular individual is now a client and a mid five figure client because if you're making thirty thousand dollars a day then you can afford x dollars in support <laughs> so. yeah 
Yeah. Well, they won't make that mistake again. Well played, though. I think that was you. You sort of held yeah. your nerve there. And... Yeah, but it happens. It, yeah. We've all been there, and you know, unfortunately, the more you're in the support role, and we've all, you know, when I worked in in healthcare. I can't tell you the number of times a director would call me because I did VIP clients at two minutes to five and say, I need you to stop by my office on your way out the door. And the minute I heard that, I knew that was two and three hours later. It happens all the time. You just run. <laughs> Ron, I've already left. I'm on the way home. Uh, okay. Anyway, lovely. Thank you for those stories. They no, were, they were our really pleasure. We were going to have a piece that I'll wait. I'll, I'll hold off because Remkus didn't manage to join us. We were going to talk a little bit about Servvault, but I, I won't mention that. We're now firmly into the, the realms of no WordPress. We will come back to WordPress right at the very end. But um, first of all, a few weeks ago, the, we... <laughs> This is just lovely. The, if you weren't watching or listening to this particular show a few weeks ago, we we told you about Mr. Gox. Yes. Mr. Gox is a well is is no longer true. Mr. Gox was uh, a mouse, and um, and he became very famous. He became some sort of like minor internet internet celebrity because uh, his owner had constructed a cage for Mr. Gox, and the cage enabled <laughs> the mouse to make financial investments based upon where he ran in the cage. You know, if he ran through tunnel A, they would buy. If he ran through tunnel C, they would sell. And then the amount of revolutions of the wheel would determine how much to buy and how much to sell. And uh, just, to show, <laughs> just to show how nobody knows what's going on in the financial markets, Mr. Gox outperformed just everything. Mr. Gox's completely random approach, random approach, more or less throwing the dice, um, it outperformed just about every single uh, financial institution out there. Anyway, the sad news that I have to announce today, I'm not, not meaning to sound funny, but that story was funny. Mr. Gox has sadly uh, passed on and you will no longer be able to watch his cage and make your millions from his amazing decisions. So anyway, that's on Twitter this week. Um, so R.I.P. Mr. Gox. That was that was fun. A lot of fun whilst it lasted. How how interesting. And then also on Twitter, Tiffany's brought us this. Now, I confess, I have no idea what's coming because Tiffany showed it to us like four seconds before we went live. But you thought this was worth bringing to bringing to bear to the show today. What's this all about? So this uh, this person, um, Allison Robicelli, uh, missed her flight at O'Hare Airport and was stuck in the airport overnight. And um, rather than having the reaction that I think most of us would have to that situation, um, she decided that no, I'm going to make I'm going to make an amazing experience out of this. And so she just went exploring in the airport and kind of live tweeted her experience. And so it's this full like joyful thread of. Um, Look at all of the cool art I found. Look at these, like, like I found this weird, interesting hallway that, like, would be a cool place to hang out. And um, I'm going to ride these moving walkways over and over again and stare at this, like, neon art on the ceiling. Um, and it's just incredibly joyful. It's a beautiful, um, it's just a beautiful way to sort of get into the holiday travel season. Um, I can't recommend this thread enough. Um, she there, there's a big dinosaur skeleton at the over, at the O'Hare airport and here's what the a dinosaur skeleton looks like from underneath like just generally just kind of treating it as like a personal amusement park um definitely recommend a read 
So essentially, it's from from adversity, something positive comes. A beautiful story. Somebody looking could have said the grass is always greener and said, actually, I'm on the right side. This is going to be cool. I'm going to make something nice out of it. Have Okay, random question, Tiffany and Rob. Have you ever met somebody in your life who like displayed that characteristic in abundance where you just thought, whoa, wow, you're different. You are you are incredibly effusive and incredibly sincere. Um, I once met this, I I was backpacking. Sorry, this is going way off message, but I was backpacking and I was in Memphis and I met this Polish guy and he was a bit like this person, you know, he, he had plenty to complain about, but he never complained about anything. And he just kept telling me how great life was. And I spent about three days with him and it was a relentless torrent of positivity. You know, every minor thing that I would just uh, just completely ignore. Like I, I bought a sandwich and he goes, this is wonderful. Look at that. All you had to do was hand over paper. And this guy made a sandwich for you. And you didn't have to even make it. And you got a sandwich and all you did was give him some paper. And, and it's brilliant, isn't it? This kind of thing. And, and so I was really, he's stuck in my head and will do until the day I die. But uh, have you ever met anybody like that? I've never met anybody who could do, be like that all the time. Yeah. Not all the time. No. O'Hare Airport. Where is that? Chicago. Chicago. And so I've it's, been, it's an enormous airport in Chicago. I've been, I used to fly in O'Hare once a month for business. And I've been through there like countless times. And I can just picture this lady and what she's doing. <laughs> it does look kind of cool. I mean, if you'd have got stuck at some sort of regional tiny airport, I wonder if Alison Robicelli would have been quite so effusive. But getting stuck at O'Hare, yeah, you could totally freak out, couldn't you, and start to complain about your life and, and how it yeah. sucked and you weren't going to get back to everybody that you wanted to see and all of that. But instead, go off and wander and enjoy the pleasures. that the And, and from the photos, it looks like she is literally the only person there. She's got the yeah. run of the place. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Okay, thank you for that. That's really unexpected. And... Rob, you've got a couple of things for us this week. The first one, nothing to do with WordPress, but the second one, firmly in the WordPress community. Let's do this one first. Oh, what a yeah. what a thing! So they started advertising this in Canada. Oh, I guess um, on t on regular TV uh, about uh, mid November. It released on Disney Plus November twenty fifth, and I'm about. Oh, I think I'm about six hours into the uh, nine hours of footage, give or take. And what a look back on one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, is all I can say. So for those of you that are listening rather than watching, this is, um, I believe it's, yeah, it's Disney Plus, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's Disney Plus, Get Back by the Beatles. Disney Plus have released a a series of three, three hour, I think that's right again. Uh, episodes where Peter Jackson, who was the director of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and various other things, he somehow managed to get him get hold of like 90 hours or something of previously unseen footage yeah. right at the end of the Beatles' career. So really just right on the cusp of when they were um, finally decided to call it a day. And, and it's just really interesting because the... 
it kind of changes my feeling about how the Beatles all ended because it, everything that I ever read said that it was all a bit of a calamity and everybody fell out. And this this doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like they were mates and happy and jolly right till the bitter end. Yeah, I, it sure does. It's a totally different look. And I think what makes this series is none of this footage has been shown before. None of it. And so if you're a Beatles fan, if you're a rock and roll fan, if you're a 60s fan, you go get Disney Plus for at least a month to watch this because it's well worth the watching. Really, re- yeah, it is. It is really great. I, I don't know, Tiff. I have no idea if you like the Beatles, Tiffany. But Rob managed to push all the right buttons. The Beatles are my favorite uh, band of all time. So w- I apologise if we've dragged you into something you didn't <laughs> want to talk about. No, I mean, I I'm always interested in these kinds of stories, whether I'm interested in the particular. Um, the particular artist or not. I enjoy the Beatles, but I'm interested in the story. I love that kind of stuff. It is just spliced together footage. There's in the in the three hours that I watched, there's no commentary of any description. It is literally just the first scene is them talking and it just carries on. And so there, there isn't really a story. There's just their lives unfolding. The whole um, series is like that, Nathan. Yeah. It's all like that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's a, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a that's a really nice find. Um, and then the last one is also a really nice well, find is the wrong word, but for, for those of you into the WordPress community and wanting to find yourself uh, a home where you want to plant your feet and call yourself home, uh, Rob's got something for you. So, Rob, this is over on LinkedIn. It's called the WordPress Product Community. Yeah. I hadn't heard about it until you gave me an invite just the other day, but it's currently, it's got like nearly, touching nearly 8,000 members, 7,693 members. Um, and I thought, blimey it, Rob, you've done well. You put this together over the weekend. That's not the case, right? <laughs> no, what what happened was um, LinkedIn uh, has decided to take control. We all know the problem with LinkedIn groups. They can be spammy. They can be awful. So they've now gone out and created all these product communities. And one is the WordPress product community. And they after came after myself and my co-admin is Courtney Robertson, who's in the chat. Hello, Courtney. Mm-hmm. And um, they've asked us to run this group for them. So what we're trying to do is create an all-encompassing LinkedIn group. So this is not for designers or developers, which are many of the Facebook groups we sit in. This is a you're a WordPress user, you're welcome. You're a WordPress, want to learn, you're welcome. Anybody's welcome. The biggest thing that Courtney and I are trying to do with this group is to uh, is to keep the spam down. So we're I'm in the process, and we'll talk about it probably later today or tomorrow, of writing a what's an appropriate post policy for the group. So I'll tell you now, we're not going to allow all out individual promotion if it benefits the community great if it's about buy my product it's probably not going to happen in that group it's not the place for it we want to make it a good place for everybody because one of the things that i care about i know courtney cares about i know tiffany cares about i know you care about nathan and uh our friend, the trader, cares about Mr. Paul Lacey. <laughs> I have to, I have to work him into it because Paul and I did this amazing podcast that turned into be all about community. And um, you know what we got to do is 
stop worrying about all the fractions in the WordPress community and start building it. And this is an, just another place that we can go to, uh, to build the WordPress community. And that's what I care about at the end of the day. So. I, um, I confess I don't really use LinkedIn too much. I find myself more in, well, I, I did find myself a lot in Facebook and I'm sort of slowly starting to make that a less important part of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> but I've, it's a seesaw as, as Facebook has died, Twitter has, <laughs> Twitter has taken over. I really do need to make more of an effort to not spend a, like a quarter of my day on social media. But yeah, this looks yeah. great. It's called the WordPress product community. It's a listed group on yep. LinkedIn. Um, I will endeavor to put that into the show notes that I put Please. out tomorrow, Rob. And, and, um, and like anybody's welcome. We just, and if you've got ideas, like you can throw them at me, you can throw them at Courtney, you can, you know, like we want to hear them. So like, you know, we really care about you guys and that's what matters at the end of the day. So thank you. It's a really, it's been a, a fun weekend. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, I'll bet. Brand new, brand new adventure for you. Where do you yeah. hang out, Tiffany? Do you are you like a social media th person, or are you trying to step away, or never I, got in, or? I am. I spend way too much time on Twitter. Yeah. Just way too much time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Like I need to. I need to like extract myself from Twitter. It's not good for me. I have this, uh, I, everything that I read about Twitter and every complaint that I hear about Twitter is how incendiary it can be. My addiction, my increasing addiction is totally the opposite. I, I am just, because it's full of interesting stuff. My Twitter feed is not um, reactionary. It's not triggering my, so, you know, my desire to get retribution or to reply snarkily. I'm just seeing uh, over and over again. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's curious. And it's, I think it's basically because I only follow WordPress people. I, I'm pretty sure that's a hundred percent of the case. Is I'm following WordPress people, and um, so I have a really positive experience over there. And but I'm, I'm you wait two years from now, Tiffany. I'll be like. I need to extract myself. <laughs> yeah. I have that's a, a number of my interest areas are on Twitter and I follow all of them from the same account. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. 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 Um, Courtney's here, uh, Rob. She says, I want to start into areas that skew towards 20 somethings as well as the future of WordPress. Right. Well, I, I shall be joining you in the 20 somethings. I, I think I qualify there. In fact, I'm like 20 somethings twice, maybe even three times over. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a shoe in. <laughs> right. Okay. That's all we've got. I think there's no more yeah. unless either of you have got something that I've missed. No, I'm, I'm good. And by the way, Tiffany, I'm with you. I spend way too much time on Twitter too. So I'm it's there. <laughs> too much. It's too much. Like my Twitter username uh, is Tiffany because that's how long I've been there. Oh, wow. That is, do you know what? I saw that. When I was putting the show notes together, I saw Tiffany and I thought, boy, she either paid for that or she's been in for absolutely ages. Yeah. I have been there that long that I got my first name. Do you know Beergit? I don't Beergit. know Beergit. Beergit Pauli Hack has the Twitter handle BPH. She's got a three-letter Twitter handle, which is her initials. And it's like, she must have been sat next to Jack Dorsey when he pushed the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing anyway thank you very much i really appreciate you joining us we will be back next week hopefully at some point uh, tiffany i nearly said twitterney <laughs> that's how much you're, you're into, into twitter uh 
hopefully Tiffany will come back at some point in in the new year. And certainly, Rob, I'm I'm hoping that you will as well. I'll be back. Really appreciate it. Um, if you've got any comments, leave them over on the wpbuilds.com website. You can find this. It's this week in WordPress episode number one hundred and eighty-eight. Uh, Tiffany, you don't know this is coming, but we all. You don't have to. I'm not going to make you or anything. But if you feel like waving, we use the wave in the album art. So if you if you've oh, got I definitely the wave, okay. I'm a waver. Give us a wave. Then. Stick up that hand. There we go. We got it. We got it. Perfect. Thank you very much. We will end it right there. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate all the comments coming in. And um, Courtney, last one. It's almost 2022. Yeah, we've got one fine. Thanks, got two, two, two final episodes, I think, of this show before the new year. But uh, thanks for dropping by, everybody. See you later. <laughs>